This is Table Radio. Today's sermon was preached on Easter Sunday, April 17th by Andy Withrow. Enjoy. Our reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, which we've been exclusively following since January. And we're going to skip to the end for this Sunday only, and I'm not going to explain why, but we're going to be in chapter 28, and we're going to start at verse 1. And just a little bit of backstory, Jesus has just died a few days earlier. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb, and look, There was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. And ran to tell his disciples. And look, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. This is the word of the Lord. So we get Matthew telling this story. And as we read it, Mary Magdalene kind of takes center stage. We might feel her restlessness, her unease, her anxiety. We might feel that maybe she hasn't slept since Sabbath end at sunset and the breaking dawn of this Sunday morning. She has been waiting. She's been waiting since Friday night to do this, to go to the tomb. She's up before sunrise, and she's making her way in this pre-dawn twilight to a grave. And this image, this image is for us, because we walk in this space too. It's like our lives. We stumble through the dark, We feel this. The longer we walk through life, the more we are aware of death and suffering and brokenness and becoming hemmed in by death and all its angels as we sing about. Because we keep losing. Over and over again, we lose. We lose our parents. We lose companions. We lose siblings. And in this world, unfortunately, we even 
can lose children. We lose ourselves the way things used to be, the way our community was 10 years ago or five years ago, the way our families were, the way we were, the way our friendships were, the life that we used to have in common. So for Mary, perhaps on this sunrise walk, that rising sun mocks her pain and her aching this light that breaks into such unexceptional finality and darkness. It's like it's a lie. Matthew doesn't tell us as she's walking to the tomb what her plan was, just to come and see the grave with her friend. But for any of us who've lost loved ones, we know that we have to go at some point bring our flowers, and bring our tears. We go to a place, whether it's a grave or a special location that meant something to the person who's gone because it makes us feel like we're closer to them. We ask questions, we cry tears, we might scream out in anger because we have to break through, especially if we've ever lost somebody suddenly, the shock of it. We have to break through numbing pain of grief and sorrow. And that's what Mary and the disciples have to work through. The unexpectedness of it. Even though Jesus knew and said, there was still this unexpectedness to it. This tragedy and shock and horror and trauma. Bodies and minds having to acclimate to not seeing or being with or touching an object of affection and deep care that was maybe part of your everyday life for so long. It's like losing a limb but still feeling that it's there or going to move it. So if you've ever been in such deep grief you notice that your other desires, they get muted. Your appetites, they go down. Even life that's happening around us, it just kind of goes by you without being aware of it. Don't eat. Maybe you don't sleep. Like the volume being turned down on all that used to drive you and pull you. So earthquakes... And angels, in moments like these, are very useful because they're loud enough to register on our turned-down senses when nothing else is. Presumably, Jesus rose from death without any fanfare or notice. He was already gone by the time the angel rolls back the stone because the tomb is empty inside, perhaps a clue to his quasi-physical nature of his resurrection body. But the earthquake and the lightning flash angel wins back Mary's attention from wherever she was in her mind and her spirit. But these themselves, they're not the resurrection. Only its side effects, only its aftershocks. Instead, 
the two Marys, they hear a proclamation. They hear a testimony, maybe even a dare. He's not here. He's risen, as he said he would do, by the way. Come and see the place where he lay. But this, too, is not the resurrection, only its witness, only its evidence. Bold angel, empty tomb. And it's the same witness that we hear proclaimed on Sundays and from the Bible. The same bold messengers say it over and over again for 2,000 years. He is risen, just as he said. The tomb is empty. But these proclamations, are not, they're also not the resurrection. They're just signs of it, marking the way through 2,000 years of darkness and death. The angel also charges Mary, go and tell his disciples. And he is going before you to Galilee, and there you will see him. And so they leave with fear and great joy. Ever thought about that combination? Fear and great joy. Fear because earthquakes and lightning angels interrupt life in a loud and deafening way. This is not usual. Fear because things that die should probably stay dead and not leave their graves. That's disorienting. Fear because the basic assumptions about how the world works have now been shattered. But also great joy because the one they love is no longer among the dead. Great joy for a dream, a mere possibility that death hasn't swallowed up life. That it didn't get the last word. That God is doing finally something radically new and disorienting and good. Great joy for the hope of seeing again and touching again and loving again the one that they cared for with such great affection. But this, even this great joy, it's not the resurrection, though some would like you to think so. It's just its anticipation. I think some of the best preaching causes this disorientation in us, upsets our assumptions about the way things are and how the world works, pulls the rug out from under us, makes us question what's real and true and reliable. Even as it holds out an unimaginable, unbelievable, too-good-to-be-true hope that many of us are afraid to dream is even possible. And then in this scene, Jesus shows up next in a totally confusing way. Why? The angel told them where to go, told them where Jesus was going to meet, all the way down in Galilee. It's miles away. And as they're leaving the tomb on the way to the disciples, doing what they're supposed to, Jesus shows up. He doesn't provide any new information. (laughs) He just repeats what the angel just said. The plot is not moved forward. But there he is, right on their way, saying, Hello. Greetings. 
the most understated greeting of all of history. He himself provides no dramatic pronouncement, no earthquake with Jesus, no lightning, no booming voice and declarative statement, just a hello. A subtle self-announcement as if to say, here I am. But it's this thing. Not the angel, not the earthquake, not the empty tomb, not the proclamation. It's this subtle Hello, this presence. This is the resurrection. Jesus present on our way. Jesus present in the midst of our fear and in the midst of our great joy as we respond to the Easter declaration. This is the resurrection. Jesus available in our midst to be honored and worshiped as we cling to his feet hearing the words of Jesus directed towards us, a word for us from Jesus and for us, revealing both his presence to us and his intentions for us. He's easy to miss, maybe because of the thunder and the lightning, that they point to him, but they're not him. Easy to miss because our expectations would have us look, maybe, for more angels and earthquakes. Easy to miss because we think we know the truth about death and its finality. But here he is in this story and in our lives, the resurrection, right on our way back from visiting the grave. Even as we, too, hold in our hearts all that we have lost in this life and will lose, and as we long for what more than what this life can give, And he says to us, just like the angel said and all his messengers sense, don't be afraid. I am the resurrection. If you look for me, you will see me. What an amazing promise. And this is for us. Because empty tombs and strong angels, they're not enough for us. They're really nice, but it's not enough. We must meet the risen Jesus on our way. We must tune our souls to be able to hear his greeting, his hello. And lift our eyes up for our own grief and pain. So that we might see him and worship him. So go and tell all your friends, he is risen. And as you go, Look for him on the way, because his promise is that he will be with us and that we will see him. Jesus, we give you thanks for this story as Matthew tells it. God, that you've given us stories and clues. You've given us empty tomb, bold angels and messengers throughout history. But Jesus, we, all of us, need to see you and to hear your voice in our lives. That you would change us and transform us. 
You'd fill us with hope and joy. Thank you so much for the cross. And for the hope of Easter. Open our eyes to see you and our ears to hear your greeting. This Easter in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Table Radio, an extension of the life of the Table Church in Victoria, B.C. Music for this episode performed by the Table Church. For more information on our community, go to tablechurch.ca.